is God confronts the, the raging blindness of this world with his gospel. Am I giving sight to the blind? He says to Saul, Saul, Saul. Jesus is calling out in compassion to the man who was lost, the man who was killing his people and persecuting his church. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. May 1st, 2022. Acts chapter 9. Have you ever watched a movie or read a book where the character just runs headlong into danger, just oblivious to what's going to happen to them? As a reader or viewer, you might be frustrated because you know the, the danger that lies ahead, but they're just blindly going forward. There was a commercial by an insurance company that came out a couple years ago that kind of made fun of this. It had some young people running away from someone that seemed to be chasing them while they're running around in the dark of night. There was fog everywhere and they, they came to a, a creepy looking house and one of them said, let's go hide in the attic. Another one said, no, let's hide in the basement. Eventually the, the third one piped up and said, hey, look, there's some chainsaws. Let's go hide under there. And it's really poking fun of what happens so often in horror movies. And the, the point of the video is, when you're in a horror movie, you make dumb decisions. It's what you do. Imagine how God looks on this world as people lost in the blindness of sin make terrible decisions, running headfirst into evil over and over again, just oblivious to the dangers ahead, lost in their blindness. God doesn't need hindsight to know that the decisions the people in this world make will lead to destruction and death. He knows. So what does God do as he sees a world lost in its blindness? Today we look at the answers. We look at God's word in Acts chapter 9. We see a man who is running headlong, making terrible decisions and mistakes in his blindness. But the Lord gives him sight. So as we look at God's word today, we see how sight marches victorious over blindness. This man, Saul, he's called, is also the, the same one that we know as the Apostle Paul. But he wasn't always the, the man that we know as writing the many letters of the New Testament and serving the Lord. No, Saul is first introduced on the pages of Scripture as one who stands against God. We see him first when the man Stephen is stoned to death, that, that faithful witness, and Saul's there approving of his death. And it says, after that, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. We see how the believers were scattered. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. And then we get to chapter 9, <clears throat> and about three years have passed in the early church, and it says, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And then we see Saul's tactic. He didn't act alone. Saul went to the, the high priest in the Sanhedrin, and he attained official papers of permission and authority from then. And then Saul would take that authority to go to the synagogues 
And he would go from house to house or synagogue to synagogue, finding those who were identified as followers of the way, that is, the gospel of Jesus. And not only did Saul go after them, arrest the men and women, and drag them off to trial, but when they were put on trial, Saul says that later on, he cast his vote against them, sentencing them to their death. And Saul says he did this with great zeal as he went after believers. So we find in Acts 9 that, that Saul found out there were believers in Damascus, believers of Jesus. But Saul was headed there to take care of that. He would soon fix it, or so he thought. Saul, going in his blindness, was about to realize how mistaken and how oblivious he was to the errors he was making. On the way to Damascus, it says, as he neared the city, suddenly a light from heaven flashed, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Can you imagine that moment as Saul's companions and Saul himself are thrown down to the ground? It says Saul's companions, we read in the other accounts, saw the light, but did not see who was speaking, and they heard a sound. And Saul suddenly realized in that moment, in the same moment when he lost his physical sight, what he had been doing. As Jesus, the risen and glorious Lord, says, Why do you persecute me? Saul says, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Saul comes to the realization of how blindly mistaken he was persecuting and killing and murdering Christians, that he was actually killing those who followed the true living God. And more than that, Saul found out not only was he going against followers of the way, he was going against their Lord, the living God. Why do you persecute me, Jesus says? To attack the disciples of the Lord is to attack those, to attack the one he, that they serve, their God. Saul realized how guilty he was. You know, when, when someone does something against a United States postal worker, it's considered a federal offense because you're going not just against that postal worker, but the federal government. And so the punishment must fit the crime. This world in its blindness, when it mocks Christians, which actually happened to me earlier this week, or it mocks and speaks against or tries to hinder the work of the gospel, or those who bear the name of Christ, they're not just going against believers. They're going against the risen and living God. What ought he to do? What ought God to have done when he confronted Saul, his enemy? But what we see in Acts chapter 9, is God confronts the, the raging blindness of this world with his gospel and by giving sight to the blind. He says to Saul, Saul, Saul. Jesus is calling out in compassion to the man who was lost, the man who was killing his people and persecuting his church. Saul, Saul. Saul, in his blindness, gets up and is told he's supposed to go 
and serve God. So he's brought by the hand by his companions into the city of Damascus. And for three days he's blind and doesn't eat or drink. But in Damascus, God brings Saul what he needs. There's a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord says, Ananias, yes, Lord. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying. He's seen you laying hands on him and restore his sight. But Ananias knows what's going on. Lord, aren't you aware of what's going on? Are you oblivious to the mistake you're making? This man is killing Christians. But Jesus instructs Ananias that Saul is going to be his servant. Ananias goes to the house. He finds Saul and he says to him, Brother Saul. You catch that? This is the man who was killing his brothers in the faith, who was murdering Christians, and Ananias is now ready to call him brother. Having himself been brought by the grace of God into his kingdom, Ananias is able to welcome and receive Paul, the murderer, and call him brother. The Lord Jesus, who, you, who appeared to you as you were coming here, sent me, so you may see and be filled with the Spirit. At that, Saul was healed and his eyes were opened and Saul was baptized and given new life and Saul received the gift of the Holy Spirit. God changed everything and we see sight marching victorious over spiritual blindness. And then it says, Saul began at once to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. The very same papers that gave him access to the synagogues in Damascus were now used to share the good news about Jesus, and it baffled the people. God has sight march victorious over blindness as he gives his gospel and sends his messengers. He sent the messenger Ananias to give Saul baptism and his gospel. He sent Saul to share the gospel with the people in that city. Saul had heard about the man Jesus. Saul had heard how his followers proclaimed him risen from death, but now Saul had seen the risen Jesus, and now with eyes of faith, Saul proclaimed him as the source of forgiveness. The same Jesus who died on the cross was now proclaiming forgiveness of sins. And yes, Jesus could have done that on his own, but in grace, he sends his messengers, men like Saul. That's how God operates. He opens the eyes of those who are blind and then uses them to open the eyes of more. You know, there was a, a kindergarten class that stood up against the wall once, singing a song to the, the parents on the opposite wall. And that event stood out in the memory of one of those children. See, it stood out to me because I wasn't with the rest of my classmates singing. I was brought toward the piano and I was supposed to hit a note on the piano, keeping beat with the song, just one note going boom, boom, boom. I'm not sure why the kindergarten teacher chose me to do that. It's not like I knew at that time really how to play the piano. And I'm sure there were classmates that were more qualified than me. Maybe it's just because I was the one closest to the piano. But I do know the teacher didn't choose me because I was the best or most capable. That's how God operates. He, in grace, calls and chooses those who share the gospel, and he equips them so that you 
are called a saint, as it's recorded here. Ananias says, how he's done to your holy people. The word holy people here is saint. Paul was, Saul was going against the, the saints. This is the first time in the New Testament that believers are called saints. But that's what we are. We are holy ones. We have been made holy, brought from the blindness of sin, being enemies of God. We too were born like Saul, an enemy of God. And no matter how zealous we might have been in blindness, we were born to fight against the truth and to run headlong with terrible decisions into danger and sin and wickedness, fighting against God. But God made us a saint by calling us. And like Saul, we have been baptized, and God sent a messenger to bring us the gospel so that our eyes were opened. If we begin to think that God chose us to be his, or God chooses messengers in his church today because they're better or wiser or more deserving than others, we, we miss the whole point of this account. God chooses those who share his word and grace by opening their eyes so they too can open the eyes of others. All those who heard Saul were astonished and asked, Isn't this the man who caused havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving Jesus is the Messiah. We see sight marching victorious over blindness as God calls chooses, opens the eyes of those who will serve him, and in grace they serve him to spread that gospel. Saul was chosen uniquely because he was equipped to reach the Gentiles and the Jews in the synagogues. God has chosen you to whatever place you have access to, your place of work, your household and your family, those who you know, so that you can reach them with the gospel. And yes, they may at times fight against that truth and rage against it. In their blindness, along with the rest of the world, they may try to hinder the work of the gospel. But how does God respond? God opens your eyes to see the amazing truth of forgiveness and grace for sinners found in Christ. Grace for people like Saul, grace for people like you and me. Grace even for those who still today fight in the darkness and rage against the light so that they too might have their eyes opened and they too might join and see how sight marches victorious over blindness in Jesus.